not for the Americans and people of the world. I thank you. We, citizens of America, have now joined under God in a great national effort to rebuild a country and restore its promise for all our people. Together, God and I will determine the course of America and the world for many, many years to come. We will face challenges. We will confront hardships, but we will get the job done. This day will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation once again. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Everyone's listening to you now. You came out of tens of millions to become part of a historic movement, the likes of which the world has never seen before. At the center of this movement is God. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just unreasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. For too many of our citizens, a different reality exists. Mothers and children trapped in poverty in our inner cities, roasted out of factories, scattered like tombstones across, across the landscape of our nation. An education system flush with cash for which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of all knowledge and the crime and the gangs and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country of so much unrealized potential. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. Discrimination ends here. See, what we're missing is our purpose. We have forgotten who we are. We are made in God's image, don't you see? I am God. You are God. We are all gods. The Father, Mother above has given us the power and control over our lives, but until now, we haven't taken a hold of it. You are the captain of your own ship. You want that new car, claim it. You want that house manifested. No longer will we be a country of depression and dismay, but we will be a country of prosperity. Love God. Love yourself, love life. Amen. President, right command. Harvard Square is still buzzing tonight, but around 2 o'clock this afternoon, people of all ages started coming into the square just behind me. Anywhere between 500 to 1,000 people came together to celebrate a mammon victory. It was an improv celebration in Harvard Square, an all Riker mammon fair, the crowd stopping traffic to celebrate, some celebrating with champagne, others with the American flag, and mixed in with plenty of noise. You know, I just gotta support the president because he, he seems like a sweet man. Like, he's, he's very handsome. He's all about this self-love, bro. I'm all about the self-love, too, you know. I just 
you know, Sparks needs more love in it, and that's what he's, he's you know, he's preaching for it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I support that fully, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with Norman too. You know, I, I personally support the president, President uh, Riker Amendment, because, you know, why wouldn't I support a president like that, you know? He seems very genuine, very kind, he's under God, so, yeah. You know, I don't want to get too much into politics, but I heard he very inclusive of the black community. And so, uh, you know, I want to see what he wants to do, but so far I support him. Now, before we begin, let me make this very clear to anyone who buys, steals, borrows, finds this book or so much as hears the words out of this book. The characters in this book have been altered in order to protect their identity. This book is also a collection of each of their stories before we got to this point. Although this is written from the future, they, along with myself, are still in danger. I suppose you are too by having this in your possession. Ah, welcome to the club. Furthermore, a lot of questions that you may be asking will not be answered, simply because I do not know them. I cannot tell you what year it is or what day it is. I cannot tell you what time it is. I cannot tell you when I last saw my family or had a hot meal. That speech above though, is one of the prime reasons why I do not know these things and why I'm writing this. This book may be our last hope to put truth back into the world. With that being said, enjoy the read and God bless. You know what I find really fascinating, really intriguing? Nature documentaries. But especially the ones where the big mean predator hunts down the prey. Like this one scene I was watching last night. It was the crack of dawn. The sun slowly peeked out the jaguar, whilst the wind teased its bristled neck. In the middle of it all stood the prey, a small slender creature compact like a box. Its eyes were abnormally large and glowed bright red at this time of day. Now the thing you have to remember about prey is that there's always one of these things that you can guarantee about them. 1. A runner a type of prey that is built for speed, scampers at the first sight of danger. 2. A fighter. This particular prey has some sort of weapon that they can use to fight back the predator, whether that be a sharp tail or teeth or a poisonous spit. Finally, a screamer. Pretty self-explanatory. A bit like the runner, but instead of running, it screams for its friends and family. A bit sad when you think about it. This prey in particular was a screamer. Yep, a shriek so loud it'll wake up the whole of Texas. Anyway, back to the story. So the prey stands there, just minding its own business, killing time. And about a quarter of a mile away, lies in wait, the predator. Much larger than the prey, the predator was a long, rangy beast. It was hairless, if I remember, and had blotches of two different shades of brown. The strangest thing about this animal though, 
was that it only had five limbs. What animal has five limbs, right? Lions have four, squids have six, even spiders have eight. But never five. Perhaps the predator was born of deficiency. Maybe it got caught off in battle. That would explain why one of its limbs were much larger and shorter than the rest. Regardless, this brute was still one of the most fearsome creatures in the land. The predator cautiously walked towards its prey, long careful strides, trying its best not to make a sound. It took about three steps, no, it was four for sure, until SNAP! It stepped on a stray twig. I know, what a bummer. The prey perked up. The glowing red eyes scoured the landscape like a sniper till target locked. Now, just imagine this part in slow motion. The predator, realizing that it had now been spotted, rushed towards the prey with a massive burst of speed. The prey, remember I said it was a screamer, took a big deep breath and screamed to the top of its lungs, beep, 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 sound. Another anxious Sunday morning. Dafina yawned, did her usual stretches, then wriggled her slender body up the headboard. It was now time for her favourite morning game show, Where Did My Bonnet Go? Was it on the floor? No. By the small window that never opens? No. Perhaps the shrine of plushies that she had laid out on a shelf opposite her bed? Nah, Mr. Kimball wouldn't steal, so I'm told. Ah, of course, it was at the end of the bed. She chuckled to herself, reaching for the black silk jellyfish and tossing it to the desk beside her. Then, like every morning, she scoured her wall. Now, it wasn't a blank wall, of course. That would be boring. This wall was mesmerizing. A museum filled with memoirs, muses, motivation and mysteries. For instance... In the top corner was a group of Polaroids from that one Christmas when the virus ended. What was it called again? Something with a C? Anyway, this Christmas was particularly special because it was the last time she ever saw her mother. She ran away that night and that's all Lufina would tell me. She picked up her guitar that gently laid neatly between the wall and the left side of her bed. She was performing at the holy place today and wanted to make sure she got some practice in before she had to leave. Dufina looked back at the prey. Okay, five minutes, she said. Then closed her eyes, lowered her head, allowing her soft black curls to roll into a defensive formation. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're too kind, she smiled, bowing to the millions of synthetic-filled friends catching their imaginary roses. Dafina then looked back at her prey, making sure it was still there, and realised it was time to leave the jaraguar and start the day. This part's kind of boring, so I'll speed up for you. 
She makes her bed, picks out her clothes, takes a freezing cold shower, heating doesn't work in the morning, I know, it sucks. Sits in the towel for about two minutes trying to recover from frostbite, gets dressed, does her hair, packs her backpack, picks up the guitar and heads downstairs for breakfast. Phew.